0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Unauthorized Disclosure. I am one of your hosts, Rania Kallik, and I'm joined by uh, the show's other host, Kevin Gastola. Hello, Kevin. Hey, Rania. So Kevin and I have a great guest for you today. We are, um, we've got Dima Khalidi on the line. She is the director and founder of Palestine Legal, which has been doing incredible work in one of the most invaluable organizations when it comes to issues surrounding suppression of free speech um, around the issue of Palestine, which is happening all over the country at the moment. Uh, So thank you so much for joining us, Dima. Thanks for having me. Uh, so I guess let's start by talking about um, the most uh, important thing that's happened recently, the most significant thing that's happened recently around this issue, which is that the state of New York, um, well, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, signed an executive order a few weeks ago. Uh, to, that basically punishes uh, companies or entities or groups that uh, participate in uh, the boycott divestment and sanctions movement against israel, so why don 't we why don 't you start off by just kind of um, telling us what that is, what that means, and um for spree, for free speech and then we can go from there
1: yeah this uh, this executive order came as a bit of a surprise after Uh, several months of of, uh, wrangling within the New York State Legislature over uh, bills that would have done similar things, and uh, that is to penalize uh, companies and institutions that uh, are deemed to, to be boycotting Israel or engaged in the BDS movement. Um, you know there was huge opposition to these bills in the New York legislature. Uh, over 100 groups, uh, 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 a hundred groups signed a petition opposing um, opposing the bills, and you know there was there was uh, definitely some reticence among legislators uh, to to uh, move the bill, bills forward. Uh, because of the constitutional concerns that uh, uh, Palestine Legal and, and other groups were raising, um, including uh, the NYCLU, NYCLU, uh, the Center for Constitutional Rights, National Lawyers Guild, etc. cetera. Um, so this executive order uh, really did what uh, the legislature was unable to do. Um, and it, it's, it's really problematic for, uh, certainly for free speech concerns. Um, you know, boycotts are uh, very clearly protected First Amendment uh, activities uh, when when they aim to, uh, you know, create social, political, and economic change. You know, the Supreme Court um, made this very clear when it was when when it uh, said that a boycott of um, white businesses by the NAACP in the 1960s. Um, uh, you know, was, was protected First Amendment activity. And you know, the BDF movement is really no different. It's attempting to uh, address injustices against Palestinians uh, um, and is, is trying to pressure Israel to abide by international law um, by, by, uh, through boycotts, through divestment, uh, and, and, you know, ultimately sanctions. Um, so it's 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 very prob a very problematic way of uh, penalizing those who take uh, this political position who are you know um, t- trying to uh, affect this change um, because of human rights
0: concerns. So there's like a couple points um, about this bill that I think are really important. Uh, one is, you know, even for people who don't support BDS, uh, you know, this is something that should be concerning. Uh, right. Because, I mean, if you can start to penalize groups that participate in boycotting Israel, then what's to stop another um, similar amendment or um, or, or, or law uh, from being passed that also penalizes groups for, let's say, boycotting fossil fuel companies, which is another movement that exists at the moment. So I guess like my question is, Um, What what could the repercussions of this be beyond BDS? And then the other thing is, um, also, can you talk about the sort of blacklist element of this? Because I understand that, from what I understand, Andrew Cuomo plans to draw up some sort of blacklist of companies that are involved in boycotting Israel. And how on earth can you even decide? Like, there's companies that aren't invested in Israel. So, like, are you going to investigate them to find out whether they're not invested for business reasons or whether it's political? And then if it's political, then... Then penalize them. So, like, how does that even work? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, those the, the, you hit on two major problems with the executive order and and other similar legislation happening around the country. Um, you know, with regards to your first point, it's you know it's this is uh, definitely a situation where the the government, in this case, the governor, uh, is uh, you know making is is issuing this executive order based on his own uh you know political views and and that is uh, uh against BDS uh, you know supporting Israel uh and denying Palestinian rights. Um, so, you know, he, can, he could similarly make such a decision if, as you said, he, he was uh, in the pocket of fossil fuel companies and wanted to uh, um, dissuade people from boycotting fossil fuel companies. And, and that's why uh, this is really unconstitutional, because the government is not allowed to uh, um you know set conditions on government benefits in order to uh thwart uh, first amendment activities to uh, stop or dissuade people from uh, engaging in first amendment activities and that's precisely what the governor's doing here um, so so yes, this it could be a, a, a bad precedent if if it were to be upheld by the courts, which we think it wouldn't be um, because of these constitutional concerns um, with regard to the blacklist um, that 's another major uh, a constitutional problem with the, with the executive order uh, you know when when you have the, the, the bill uh, the, the, the executive order requires the state to come up with a list of those who it deems to be engaging in in uh, BDS or promoting bds and you know th- this is just such a vague and uh, potentially overbroad standard that it could encompass. You know, anybody who maybe posts something on Facebook, um, and, and, and this directly targets institutions and companies. So if a company were to, uh, you know, post something about BDS on Facebook, is that considered promoting BDS? Uh, who's making these decisions, right? Or do we have government uh, officials scouring uh, the Internet uh, to, to kind of uh, root out uh, people who are promoting BDS or companies that are promoting BDS. Um, so, so the uh, vagueness of this, the inability of, of, of ordinary people to understand what it means is a huge problem and it, the effect is to chill speech and the intent really is to chill uh, speech and, and um, First Amendment protected activities on this issue. And as you said, you know, there's, uh, um, you know, for a company who decides, that decides not to do business in Israel, um, you know, who who is the state to say whether that decision is based on BDS or on uh, business considerations or, or, or something else, you know? Um, it also prevents uh, companies from from uh, you know engaging in socially responsible investment or uh, you know following international law um, uh, so so there's there're just a host of, of uh, really concerning uh, things about this executive order and really the the, the intent is to um, is to put a damper on on this growing human rights movement that you know Cuomo Happens not to like.
0: And does this in any way? I am. Um, this is more just like a question. I'm curious about. Does this in any way impact uh, groups that are? I mean, they're not necessarily necessar- necess- nah, not necessarily business groups, but groups that receive government funding, like say, like uh, say, like say colleges, um, who have various student groups that decide to engage in BDS.
1: Well, it's possible. Um, you know, the the again the the executive order is vague enough that people don't understand the extent of its applicability. So we have uh, professors and uh, student groups and uh, nonprofit organizations coming to us asking, you know, does this apply to me? I don't understand this. Um, And, uh, you know, we can't say with any certainty uh, what it applies to and what it doesn't, um, and uh, you know, the, the order could be interpreted to to bar uh, state uh, contracts with uh, nonprofit institutions, for example. Um, you know, and it certainly bars investment, state investment in um, in such companies and institutions. So, it could be a, a very wide-ranging um, if it were to be interpreted broadly.
2: Now, I know that there are uh, many states where anti-BDS laws have been enacted, and would you address this trend, the fact that over the past year we've seen quite a few politicians across the country embrace this anti-BDS movement?
1: Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, we've seen, uh, I believe, nine uh, laws passed in in different states around the country. Uh, Doing similar things, penalizing uh, uh, companies, sometimes nonprofits, uh, other organizations that uh, that boycott Israel, and uh, you know it's very clear that this is being uh, precipitated by uh, um, you you know pressure from Israel advocacy groups in the U.S., even by Israel itself. Um, uh, You know, and and these these groups are trying to. Um, you know, uh, stop the, the BDS movement from growing, and they are, are finding, um, you know, eager uh, um, eager folks in, in legislatures around the country uh, to do their bidding. And uh, so, so we, we've seen several Israel advocacy groups uh, publicly saying that they are promoting these bills. Um, uh, we've, we are seeing uh, far-right groups uh, promoting these bills, um, and, uh, you know, it, it, we're expecting um, similar legislation really to pop up around the country. And this, this legislative effort is, you know, uh, hand in hand with uh, a, a wider effort to uh, suppress uh, speech around Palestinian rights, and we're seeing a lot happening on campuses, for example, um, you know, uh, Israel advocacy groups pressuring universities to to punish uh, student and and uh, faculty speech on Palestine. So it's really part of a very large, very well funded um, uh, effort to um, to silence a, a growing movement for Palestinian rights.
0: I mean, and when you know, like when you say it's very large and very well funded. So I recently went to um, that there was a. a conference held at the un of all places uh, by the israeli um, uh, mission to the un that was it was called the stop bds conference and it was huge i mean there was they brought in young people from all across the country mostly from the state of new york but a lot of like people came from other parts of the country um to basically it was an entire conference just devoted to how to how to defeat BDS. And every major pro-Israel organization was involved, including, like you said, like you mentioned, far-right groups. I mean, it really is striking to see uh, groups like the ADL. I mean, obviously, the ADL has a history of engaging in really terrible behavior that would never be considered liberal um, um, by any stretch of the imagination, but it has a reputation as a liberal group that is involved in, um, in opposing hate, you know, uh, and they're literally getting into bed with far right groups who promote homophobia and promote, uh, you know, the promote like, um, anti-reproductive rights measures. So it's really striking to see like how that's coming together and just the amount of money. I mean, that's being spent on this. It's, I mean, it's just so much. These are, I mean, these are like, as these are very, very, you know, wealthy, connected people who are, it's just so striking to see them like talk, get up, get up in front of other very privileged people and act as though they're like so oppressed that they have to shut down this human rights movement, um, because they're being persecuted. But it was just really striking. Like you mentioned the far right thing, and it is really striking to see like, you know, uh, it's really, I mean, I think it's exposed a lot of, a lot of these pro-Israel groups for the ones who try to, at least act as though they're liberal for what they are. And like, it's just also really interesting that they've decided to go down the route of making their entire movement based on suppressing free speech. Like, I think in the end it's actually going to make them look really bad. I don't know if you would agree with that.
1: Well, you you know, it, they are, um, a, a lot of these Israel advocacy groups are aligning themselves with far right, um, Christian conservative groups, Uh, you know, the American Center for Law and Justice is known for, uh, you know, uh, anti LGBT uh, policies and um, anti reproductive rights policies. And and, um, so it, it is. I think um, that these are the really the only allies that they have um, uh, on the other side you know the the, the movement for Palestinian rights is increasingly uh, connecting with um, uh, grassroots um, social justice uh, movements and organizations and groups um, that are that are fighting for uh, racial equality um, you know, against police brutality uh, for human rights, etc. Um, so, so that is the the kind of um, that that's it's very telling about um, you know where where these folks are aligned, and um, I, I do think that in the end it, it will uh, it, it will expose uh, the real um, what they're really defending here, and that is a, a, a military. Uh, occupation uh, uh, an apartheid system uh, in Israel and uh, and uh, you know a a country that has uh, that was based on the dispossession of another people and and uh, relies on on um, you know force to to keep them down so um, yes I think I think that will uh, that will turn against them in the end and we're seeing you know in Israel itself one of the the furthest right governments in 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 history, and I think that's just the trend that that's happening right now.
0: Yeah, I believe I, you know it's like the the Israeli government. I feel like is just full of people who are our best advocates in so many ways. Um, when they speak, I feel like it's like they're almost like promoting BDS with their hateful rhetoric. It's just so outlandish and and crazy and right wing that like it's. I, you know it it's repellent to people, but um so well, in terms of like what's happening now though I mean there is something really peculiar there is something really curious about the the timing of cuomo's um executive order and just based on some of the responses. Not just not the comments of him, but also other people, other Democrats in New York who have basically declared war on BDS. Based on some of their comments, I, I don't know if you would agree with this, but it seems like some of the timing has to do with pushing back against um, their fears about the Democratic Party changing. Uh, like you know, with polls coming out saying that people are more, you know, people are increasingly supportive of Palestinians, and then you also have Cornell West on the Democratic Platform Committee, and that's, I mean, that's a, something that they specifically referenced. So there's that. But then also it just seems like the Democratic Party in general, especially led by Hillary Clinton, is going to make this their like an issue. Like they're they're declaring war on BDS in a way. And I mean, Hillary Clinton said last year in the letter to Haim Saban that she's going to make combating BDS a top priority of her administration. So are you, you know, concerned about that um, in in terms of just the Democratic Party being the vehicle that pushes this stuff?
1: yeah I think you know election season um, brings these things out more um, and we're definitely seeing uh, uh, um, uh, politicians uh scurrying to to uh, express their undying support for israel <laughs> um, and you know that that includes uh hillary clinton unfortunately uh it do, it is concerning that 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 um, many of the presidential candidates over these Many months, um, painful months have, uh, uh, pinpointed, uh, opposition to the BBS movement. Uh, and I think that is reflective of the fact that uh, Israel advocacy groups, and Israel itself uh, uh, has identified uh, opposing BDS as a, as a priority, right? Um, they they are parroting um, the line of, of Israel advocacy groups, ultimately. Um, so uh, it, it's very concerning. I think uh, it's possible that it's a response to uh, a recognizable shift in the democratic base, um, uh, at least the the liberal um, part of the democratic base, and um, you know Sanders is you know a uh, slightly better position on this issue um, so uh, it 's interesting what 's happening certainly, and it's it 's uh, it's also great to see uh, the issue being openly um, openly talked about, and you know we have a lot of work to do to to push back on Efforts to uh, malign the entire BDS movement um, as anti-Semitic, as discriminatory, etc. That that is the uh, that is the line to 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 try to discredit the movement and uh, impose on it motives that don't exist. Um, So there's there's a lot of work to do there.
2: Uh, To the issue of uh, criminalizing people who are out there in the Solidarity Movement, uh, fighting for Palestinian rights. Uh, I'd like to have you address what's been happening with, the, uh, with UC Irvine over the past month. I understand that they're going to refer a case to, or they have referred a case to the Orange County District Attorney, so um, we're seeing um, an episode, it looks like repeat, because there already was a case with UC Irvine students before. W- would you address this, please?
1: Yeah, it's another very concerning case of um uh you know student uh protesters uh being uh, falsely accused of uh in this case uh they were accused of you know being a kind of violent mob and threatening uh, uh um uh people who were um in inside an event uh it was a a film uh along with a, a panel of speakers. Uh, 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 Israel, Israeli soldiers speaking, um, and there was a, a very diverse uh, group of students outside protesting, uh, chanting, um, and uh, they were not allowed entry into the um, into the venue, um, and so they protested outside. Um, and, and you know, following this uh, this protest, um, there were accusations that uh, you know they that they were threatening again the the um, those who were at the event um, we you know we uh, we know that there were legal observers there who have uh, written to the university to the chancellor saying that, that that is not at all what happened we witnessed a a peaceful protest and uh you know this is a public university you are uh, obligated to uh, protect these students first amendment rights to to protest um, something that that they disagree with. Um, so so this was a, a group of, of diverse students calling out, um, you know, uh, um, uh, issues of, of police brutality, connecting it to um, to what's happening in Palestine, and and objecting to having Israeli soldiers on their campus. Um, so the fact that uh, that that these false accusations have been repeated by university officials. Uh, without investigation uh, and that they have been uh, um, referred to the district attorney uh, is is a very troubling uh, repeat of of what happened to the so-called Irvine 11 who, um, you know, uh, um, disrupted a a speech by uh, then-Israeli Ambassador Michael Oren and were criminally convicted for it um, in a pretty unprecedented uh, um, prosecution. So um, uh, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of opposition now to uh, to what's happening there, and it, we we see this we see this uh, this repeated over and over. Um, uh, these kinds of false accusations being uh, um, uh, parroted over and over, and it, it's really harmful to the students who who are trying to express. Uh, their views and and are doing it in a in a peaceful and an entirely um, legitimate way.
0: There was what happened at Brooklyn College was really, I mean, you know, I've seen so many of these stories. Obviously, you've seen more than anybody else because you, you all cover them and you go, all work on them, literally, directly. But um, the one that happened recently at Brooklyn College was, I think, another really shocking example of just the, the lengths that college administrations are going to to like uh i guess appease uh pro-israel advocacy groups. Um can you talk a little bit about what happened there?
1: Yeah, at Brooklyn College there was a uh again a, a, a group of students um who went to a faculty um, meeting and uh you know they they raised a bunch of concerns. It was a kind of mic check um, uh, They raised concerns regarding tuition increases um, uh, and and other things and um, a couple of those students were affiliated with students for justice in Palestine, and another student who was unaffiliated with with s j p said something like Zionism out of CUNY. Um, uh, that was not part of the the kind of protest um, initially, but uh, the the meeting was adjourned, and immediately the uh, the university put out statements saying that you know SJP was engaged in anti-Jewish um, um, statements and and bias, and um, you know really uh, in a way that really affected the students themselves, and and. Uh, the, the two SJP students in particular, um, and you know, this this kind of led to a whole uh, disciplinary hearing, um, and uh, you know, it was many hours long. It was a kind of mini trial. There was security. It's it's really outrageous. Um, and in the Brooklyn College case, as in. As we're seeing in the um, Irvine case as well, uh, we, we saw that the SJP students in particular were singled out, um, and, and uh, you know, as I said, there was just a, a, a rush to judgment about uh, what happened. Um, so uh, you know, the, the you have university officials making these statements. And conclusions before really knowing what happened, and, and uh, you know, hearing uh, all sides of the story. So, uh, you know, we, we see this very often, and uh, the the effect it has on students who are, you know, uh, um, expressing their, their their rights, and um, you know, engaging in in you know, vigorous debate and public protest. It's it's really troubling.
0: It's also funny because, I mean, there's all this, like, outrage all the time about um, silencing happening on college campuses of of, of free speech rights, Um, and none of the people who seem to yell the loudest about that seem to care about this issue at all. So it's it's really interesting, and it's also interesting how like that was a protest against the one at Brooklyn College you're mentioning was against tuition increases. Predominantly, that was like one of the biggest concerns that was being raised. It wasn't even about Israel Palestine. So it is fascinating to watch how you know administrators and you know university the people who are in charge of universities are able to use this issue to like distract from uh you know distract from really other other serious issues uh of concern to students. And that seems like that's what happened here. But, anyways, yeah, that's
1: right. You know, they had a a number of concerns that (laughs) none of which were addressed. Um, You know, diversity in in hiring, and um, you know, uh, um, racial justice issues, uh, tuition increases, et cetera. Um, And and that's right. It it is uh, that is the effect of of this kind of um, uh, um, this this pinpointing. you know, SJP and, uh, complaints by, uh, um, Israel advocacy groups that all the other issues really get swept under, under the rug.
2: I have one last question for you before we wrap, uh, which is that I feel like when we follow BDS, uh, a lot of times we talk about what's happening to, uh, students, uh, but we don't really talk about, uh, labor. And I just think that there's really, um, little information out there uh it it uh the stories don't usually seem to make it out but we know that the uh united auto workers local uh that there have been uh, student workers that have been uh trying to divest and i know that palestine Legal's done some work around this local uh, i think it's really incredible that it's reaching into parts of labor in the united states so i was hoping you could say a few words about this before we wrap
1: uh, yeah, uh, the student graduate uh, uh, workers unions in, at the University of California, um, and um, you know more recently else- elsewhere, voted to uh, to to endorse BDS. Um, and it, it, you know, we we've also seen other unions like the um, United Electrical Workers uh, endorsing BDS. Um, uh, so so I think there is there there will be more and more unions um, taking these these steps um, and what what we're seeing is uh in the case of the u a w um, you know there there has been there was a lot of um, opposition on the part of israel advocacy groups um, uh, uh, to the this these um, measures these resolutions that the unions were considering and uh you know they were appealed to the international and the international nullified um this democratic vote on the part of the the um the graduate student union so so there is a lot there's going to be a lot of pushback um um but you know ultimately i think just the fact that we're seeing more and more uh unions um student groups uh churches you know um the the unitarians are uh, currently uh, um, considering a divestment resolution, um, it, 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 and, and this is all in spite of the intense backlash, mm-hmm. the intense pressure, right? Uh, even with all of these, this legislation, even with um, the uh, threats that people get uh, when they are considering uh, BDS um uh, you know we're, we're still seeing this movement. Uh, we're still seeing people uh, saying that you know we we can't we won't abide abide by this any longer and we uh, refuse to be complicit um, and you know that's that's what BDS offers um, these kinds of groups, uh, an effort to, to uh, a way to say that you know we this is this is where we stand. This is our position, and and, and we want to do something about it. Um, so uh, it, it's it's very encouraging, even even while uh, Palestine Legal <laughs> at Palestine Legal, we are dealing with the the um, the backlash and and the effects it has on on everyday people.
0: Well, um, thank you so much for coming on to talk with us about all these really important issues. Uh, where can people uh, who want to follow? Uh, the work that you guys are doing at Palestine Legal or even support the work that you're doing, where can they um, do that? <laughs>
1: uh, our website is uh, palestinelegal.org um, and you can follow some of the the legislative uh, um, onslaught mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at righttoboycott.org
0: Alright, great. Well, thank you so much for for coming on to chat with us, Dima. We really, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you both. Yep. Thank you.